0: We praise, Lord, for thy great land, that we thy dwelling place
1: may be. Thou livest us, we fill with thee. Thou in the sun, express my peace.
0: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee a program provided by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Witness Lee completed his comprehensive work called The Life Study of the Bible before going to be with the Lord in 1997. Now, let's join
2: today's life study. In Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the Spirit is simply called the Spirit of God. By the time we come to the Gospels, this Spirit has become the Holy Spirit and in the epistles, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Would the Bible use such terms lightly or without significance? Well, one thing we can all say about the Bible, it is in no way light or insignificant. This Spirit of Jesus Christ, as Paul referred to it in Philippians, becomes the bountiful supply of our daily, even moment-by-moment salvation. Please, don't miss today's critically important life study of the Bible. And we welcome Bob Danker back to our microphones today. Bob, this message is really marvelous today, and I believe it could be instrumental in helping countless believers in their daily walk with the Lord. Do you agree?
1: Yes, Chris. If we could really grasp what Paul was saying in these few verses in Philippians chapter 1, and we could apply them to our daily life, I believe it would revolutionize our Christian experience. Bob, let's look at these verses
2: in Philippians chapter 1. Let's start at verse 19 today. For I know that for me, this will turn out to salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I will be put to shame. But with all boldness, as always, even now, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether through life or through death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. We're going to see that even the grammar of the Bible is meaningful, Bob. Let's join Witness Lee for the first portion of today's message.
3: You have to uh, realize verses 18, 19, 20, 21. These four verses are one long sentence. Just get into verses 19 20. In these two verses, you have the main structure of the sentence. And what is the main structure? The main structure is this: This shall turn out to my salvation. That in nothing I shall be put to shame, but Christ shall be magnified in my body. This shall turn out to my salvation, a kind of a personal salvation. Even kind of a daily salvation. A kind of instant salvation. This is not the eternal salvation. We all have got that. We all have received the eternal salvation. But we still need the daily salvation. We even need the uh, minute-to-minute salvation. So here... Salvation doesn't mean this eternal salvation. The salvation from God's judgment. The salvation from hell. But here it means my daily, hourly, minute to minute, second after second, salvation. Oh, the instant salvation. What is this salvation? This salvation is that In any kind of circumstances, in any kind of environment, any kind of suffering, in nothing, I shall be put to shame, but Christ shall be magnified in me. Suppose Paul had a driving face in the royal prison. Suppose he had a driving face, I tell you, that meant what? That meant he was defeated. He was defeated. He was defeated by the guards. He was defeated by the persecution. He was defeated by the uh, mockery. He was defeated by the environment. He was defeated by the suffering. That was a shame. But Paul said, This shall turn out to my salvation that I in nothing shall be put to shame. But rather, Christ shall be magnified in me. We all need such a salvation.
2: Bob, he used some interesting adjectives to describe the salvation spoken of here in verse 19. Personal, daily, and instant were among the terms he used. It seems clear from the context that this could not possibly be referring to our eternal salvation. So what kind of salvation is being spoken of here?
1: Chris, Paul was there in the Roman prison. Of course, he had been saved relative to his eternal salvation for many years. This was near the end of his life, an older man. So he had experienced God's eternal salvation when he first met the Lord on the road to Damascus there in the book of Acts. But here he was in a particular situation, and that was he was a prisoner in a Roman prison. Paul's idea of salvation in verse 19 of this chapter 1 of Philippians is not a turning toward this matter of eternal salvation. Paul's idea of salvation here is a salvation that he experienced in his personal situation and at that very time when he was a prisoner in the Roman prison. So in Paul's concept, as we read these verses, this salvation that Paul was speaking of here was personal It was daily. It was moment by moment. It was instant, that very moment, that very instant. He needed to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from being defeated by his negative surroundings. He was there in a Roman prison in an uncomfortable situation. Suppose he had been sad. Suppose we would have gone to visit Paul, Uh and we would have seen a sad, discouraged apostle there one who was complaining about his sufferings and murmuring and so forth. What kind of uh, expression would this be, Chris? It would be a defeat, a shame to Mm -hmm. Paul. But instead, Paul said he experienced a wonderful salvation in his circumstance. And I believe if we had visited him there, we would not have seen him with a long face, with a discouraged attitude. In the book of Philippians, he said, Over and over, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So Paul was a joyful apostle there, even in his negative situation, because he was experiencing a personal and instant salvation.
2: Well, most of us will not ever have the opportunity to be in a Roman prison. But we have been on the freeway and been cut off and uh, felt our reactions or had those minor problems with our wives or maybe financial difficulties. Uh, There's a lot of things that we need to experience a practical, personal, and daily salvation, an instant salvation, as he said, isn't there, Bob?
1: Yes, Chris. In all the circumstances of our daily life, we need to experience the same instant salvation that Paul did.
2: Well, uh, that leads well into this next section where Witness Lee will help answer this question. How can we have such a salvation? Let's join
3: him. How could we have such a salvation? They shall turn out to my salvation through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit. Through your petition, I tell you, this indicate. The supply of the body Your petition Is the supply of the body Paul Was in the prison Apparently Apparently Paul was imprisoned, But actually Paul was positioned He was not in the prison He was in the body Paul had a deep sense That he was in the body all the members of the body, you know, we're what? We're supplying him. Amen. We're supporting him. Yeah. The Philippine believers, they were standing with Paul. Amen. They were supporting Paul. Amen. They were supplying Paul. This shall turn out to my salvation through the body's prayer and the bountiful supply of the Spirit. This is why I pointed out at the very beginning of this message that Paul, he remained in the body. Such a wonderful apostle still needed the prayers, the petitions of the believers. Yeah. And this is a strong indication that Paul remained, stayed in a right relationship with the body. He was there in the body. So, he was all together in a position to receive the flow of the ointment upon the body.
2: Bob, he began this section by asking a question, how can we have such a salvation? And the answer we get actually from Paul was through your petition and the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Bob, Paul certainly was not counting on a so-called spirit of deliverance here uh, to deliver him from his imprisonment it seems very clear that he was counting on his position in the body to receive a bountiful supply of the kind of a spirit that could be a supply to him so that he would not be put to shame, as you were talking about earlier. This is a much different view of the spirit than many people, perhaps most people have today, developed this
1: thought for us, that in the body we get supplied in such a way. Well, Chris, to me this is one of the most interesting and touching things here that Paul had the deep sense while he was in that prison that he was not separated from the body of Christ, but that he was positioned in the body to receive, through the petition of the saints, or the believers in the body, the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So Paul did not view himself as an individual Christian who was enduring some suffering and some hardship, and uh, of course he needed to be strong as an individual. Right. He saw himself and he had the deep inner sense that he was in the body, that his relationship to the body of Christ was proper and right so that he could count on receiving a supply of the Spirit through the body. So actually, this is a tremendous vision and a tremendous point that we all need to see, that the supply that we receive from God is not received by us as individual Christians, each of us having a direct relationship with the Lord. Although we do have a direct relationship with the Lord, we also have to be or need to be related properly to the body of Christ because the life that we enjoy as Christians is not an individual Christian life. It is a body life. It is the very life of the body of Christ. So for us to receive the supply of the Spirit One of the most important things for us is to have a proper relationship with the body of Christ. And this is illustrated in Psalm 133, where it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And then it goes on to say that this blessed condition is like the ointment that was poured on the head of the high priest and ran down from his beard all the way to the hem of his garment. In other words, it ran to his whole body. And this is a picture of Christ as the head and the believers as the body enjoying the flowing ointment, which is the Spirit of Christ as the bountiful supply. So it's in the body, not as individuals, but in the body that we enjoy the bountiful supply of the Spirit.
2: Yes, he even pointed out that Paul was not standing in this situation as this great or super apostle uh, counting on his own exercise of faith to bring about a miracle. But his counting, his reliance was upon his being positioned to receive as a member in the body. This is a life-changing realization, isn't it? Yes, Chris. And what changes is our receiving of this, as you just described, ointment. That brings us to the third section. I really uh, encourage our listeners to try to stay very focused in this coming portion. This is a marvelous picture. We're going to go back to an Old Testament type or picture of this supplying spirit that enabled Paul to magnify christ even in this situation and we want to go back to exodus chapter 30 in a portion that we covered in the life study of exodus but witnessly is going to review it in a marvelous way here in this coming section let's look at these verses in chapter 30 beginning at verse 23 this is the lord speaking to moses you also take the finest spices of flowing myrrh 500 shekels and of fragrant cinnamon half as much 250 shekels and of fragrant calamus 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make it a holy anointing oil, a perfume, compounded according to the perfumer's art. It shall be a holy anointing oil, and with it you shall anoint the tent of meeting and the ark of the testimony. Bob, let's join Witness Lee as we look at this wonderful type.
3: I do believe A good number among you have uh, either read or heard the message on the compound ointment in Exodus chapter 30. If you read your Bible, from the first chapter of the Bible, you could see at the beginning of the Bible, the Spirit of God was mentioned. Now, here, you don't have this term, the Spirit of God. But the spirit of Jesus Christ It's quite meaningful The spirit of God was there As the spirit of God in God's creation But in God's incarnation The spirit of God became the Holy Spirit This was the term used The Holy Spirit for God's spirit in God's incarnation But after the crucifixion and resurrection, this spirit became the spirit of what? Of Jesus Christ. The spirit of the one who became a man and who died on the cross, and also the one who is now in resurrection. This spirit of Jesus Christ is here, not for God's creation. He is here not only for God's incarnation. He is here for you and me to experience the very crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. So today, he is a bountiful spirit. Just by this plain word, I don't think we could apprehend too much. Thank the Lord. In the Old Testament, there was a time... Of the holy anointing ointment. In Exodus 30, you do have olive oil. And all the Bible students do know the olive oil in the Bible signifies the Spirit of God. But here, the olive oil does no more remain simply by itself, it has four choices. Spices. What for spices? Mere, could you tell me? Cinnamon, calamus, acacia. Spices are used to enrich. I tell you that one hint of olive oil was compounded with four top spices. It's very meaningful. You have to know when these four spices are compounded into the olive oil, the oil remains no more the oil. But it becomes a compound ointment. This olive oil now is compounded with four ingredients. Mere signifies the sickness of the death of Christ. Mere in the Bible always signifies death. And cinema signifies the effectiveness of the death of Christ. Then kalamas, kalamas in ancient times, was it can read R E D. You see, it uh, goes up by growth from the muddy situation to the air, shooting from the muddy land to the sky. This indicates what resurrection. Then Caesia, by the ancient time, was a kind of repellent, to repel away the snakes. Yeah. Now you can see, Keisha is a kind of a symbol of the power of the resurrection of Christ. You have the death of Christ, you have the effectiveness of the death of Christ, you have the resurrection of Christ, and you have the power of christ 's resurrection, these four things are all compounded into the spirit of God. Amen. This simply means in him there is the death of Christ Amen. in him, there is the effectiveness of the death of Christ yes. in him, in this compound spirit, there is the resurrection of Christ, Amen. and there's also what the power of of the resurrection of Christ, it's very meaningful.
2: Well, Bob, there's a uh, a lot here on the plate, but I think it would be a good use of our remaining few minutes if you could develop this tremendous picture from Exodus 30. In Genesis 1, as we said at the beginning of the program, we have the simple term "the Spirit of God," and now deep into the New Testament, in Philippians here, the Bible uses this term, "the Spirit of Jesus Christ," and in between, of course, we have the Holy Spirit. How does this picture from Exodus 30 of the holy anointing oil help us to see this progression?
1: Well, Chris, in the picture in Exodus 30, God gave Moses instructions on how to make the holy anointing oil, which was to be applied to the tabernacle, to all the furnishings of the tabernacle, and even to the priests. And this holy anointing oil is a wonderful picture of how the Spirit of God in Genesis 1 becomes the Spirit of Jesus Christ to be the bountiful supply for all the believers today. This picture shows that one hin of olive oil, which symbolizes the Spirit of God who has only divinity, becomes the Spirit of Jesus Christ by the process of compounding four choice spices compounded together with this one hin of olive oil to make a compound ointment, And this compound ointment is a picture of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Just from the name, the Spirit of Jesus Christ, you can see that something has been added to the Spirit here because you have the word Jesus here. Surely that implies that Jesus is included in this Spirit. Jesus is a man, and this man passed through many experiences, including human living, crucifixion, and resurrection. So when you look at the picture in Exodus 30 of these four spices, you see that these four spices actually signify the crucifixion of Christ and the effectiveness of Christ's death on the cross plus the resurrection of Christ with the power of his resurrection. Now these four spices were compounded together with one hint of olive oil to make a compound ointment. This compound ointment is a portrait of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So now this Spirit of Jesus Christ becomes the bountiful supply to us because he includes not only the riches of God's divinity, but also the riches of Christ's humanity with his death and his resurrection. So now when we experience this compound spirit in our daily situations then the result is that we experience a moment-by-moment salvation in which we magnify Christ in our situations, whether they're positive or they're negative. This is our salvation, and this salvation comes through our enjoyment of the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ.
2: Paul was really living in this reality that the Spirit that was supplying him was the Spirit of Jesus Christ, not the Spirit in a vague and general way, but of the one who overcame and went through and came through and resurrected and now was poured out and available to Paul to get him through this situation. We need to live in such a realization, Bob. We surely do, Chris. Bob, we're out of time. We've saved just a moment. I want to go back to Witness Lee. I think there's a very good postscript, I think, to this whole program today, available from our brother just a few seconds. Let's join him for that.
3: We need more experience of the bountiful supply of the Spirit. Amen. And this compound ointment should be upon us all the time. It becomes a glorious salvation, never a shame. Christ is magnificent in me and I shall never be put to shame in anything by what? by the petition of the body and the bountiful supply of the spirit of Jesus Christ
2: Bob, I really felt he brought the two big points we had today uh, together very succinctly and very uh, profoundly in this last little portion do you agree?
1: I agree, Chris
2: thank you for your help today it's
1: been a pleasure to be with you
2: and we will see you in the enjoyment of this compound anointing ointment.
1: Yes, may the Lord keep us all in the enjoyment of this compound spirit. Amen.
2: As we close today, I'll leave you with our toll-free number and invite you to contact us. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. For Bob Danker today, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening.
0: In the book, The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit, Watchman Nee provides a clear picture of the need for the breaking of the outer man so that the life of Christ in our spirit can flow out as rivers of living water to refresh and build up the people of God. The Breaking of the Outer Man for the Release of the Spirit is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling our toll-free number that number is 18885433788.